Welcome to another episode of the Green Section podcast series. I'm your host, Adam Miller, Northeast Region Agronomist and Director of the Green Section Education Program. We're fresh off the heels of the GSSAA conference in San Diego, and at the show we had a ton of conversations around the USGA Deacon platform, so I thought it made sense to do a full podcast episode on what this platform is, how superintendents are using it to make more data-driven decisions and improve sort of communication efforts with the facility stakeholders that they're working with. On the show, we've got Jeff Kinney and Scott Mingay, both USGA employees. Jeff is our solutions manager for the green section, and he helps with demos and onboarding for Deacon customers. And Scott's really behind building Deacon. So he's director of product and technology for the green section. And like I said, leads development of Deacon, both uh, what we've done and into the future. So Hopefully you guys enjoy listening to uh, what Deacon is and how it's helping golf courses. Scott and Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time this afternoon. We're fresh off the heels of the GCSAA conference where we talked to superintendents and people in the golf industry about Deacon. So I thought it was a great idea to get you guys on the podcast to dive into it. This thing has been out for a year now. So Jeff, let's start with you. What is Deacon? Give us sort of a quick rundown on some of the features and definitely share a little bit about the name Deacon and where that came from. You know, the way I look at it, it's, it's the software platform that the USGA has that houses many of the tools to aid facility management. Some of these tools include service management, CDMS catalog integration, application log, GPS services, and our whole location program, which is the same thing that we use in many of our USGA championships. You know, all of these tools help to streamline, you know, maintenance operations and improve communication and elevate the overall golfer experience. You know, the name Deacon came from Deacon Palmer, who is Arnold Palmer's father and a longtime head professional and superintendent at Latrobe Country Club. That's a great info. I appreciate, you know, we've had a lot of questions around what Deacon is, and certainly for our agronomists in the field, golf course superintendents and golf facilities know us for our, our consulting, our education, our research. And so now we're in this space of technology and tools. The green section historically has been mostly agronomists. Now we've got a team of engineers and other folks involved helping us sort of move forward and, and create these technology tools. So Scott, you've been with the USGA for uh, almost 10 years now, or maybe maybe 10 years, starting as an engineer. You know, describe the origins of Deacon and how you got involved and, and how Deacon has evolved over that time. One of the most exciting parts, I think, working for the USGA even back then was always this cross-collaboration. Uh, we, we were doing a lot of work with, with different departments and most notably uh, yourself and Chris Hartwiger and Jim Moore over in Green Section. And the origins of, of Deacon really started you know, right around 2014, 2015, where a couple of us were, were doing some work to look at uh, collecting data around the golf course to help out with uh, championships and, and pace of play. And Jim Moore was doing quite a bit of work around trying to, to learn more about sustainability and what really went into maintaining different playing surfaces on the golf course. And ultimately that collaboration between uh, those groups and Jim Moore led to the original resource management, which was one of the first functions of, of Deacon that we implemented. It was used for many years with a lot of our consultants and golf courses to, to help look at sustainability around the golf course. From there, you know, working with a lot of superintendents and, and some great agronomists on our staff like Chris Hartwiger and Addison Barden, the, the tool continued to evolve to, to where it is today to really look at things like surface management and application log, which 
has really been an exciting time for us in the green section and, and at the USGA as a whole. Like most things, obviously lots of evolution, lots of moving parts over time. And I think something I'm most excited about with Deacon is this concept of being able to easily enter putting green performance data. And that was a big topic that we had during our panel discussion at the GSSAA conference was all about sort of using data and blending that in with the art and science of greenkeeping. So Jeff, when we think about measuring and recording data around clipping volume and green speed and, you know, superintendents then using that information to fine tune their, their agronomic programs, that's becoming really increasingly popular. It's still an emerging trend, but more and more courses are interested in it. So from a Deacon perspective, what type of data are superintendents able to enter into the platform that are really going to help them get a better understanding of their putting green performance, their maintenance practices, things like that? And then how are they entering the data? Is it done in the field? Is it done at their computer? A little bit of both? You know, talk to me a little bit about that stuff. To start, you know, they can enter the data from a mobile app perspective or on the desktop. Uh, what we're finding so far that the majority of customers that are entering data on a regular basis are doing it through the mobile app while they're out on the property recording that information. You know, and that information includes, you know, the green speeds, their clipping yields. They can include whether their team is, if they've mowed, if they've rolled, are they brushing, their height of cut. And so when they, when we start talking about the surface management and you start to look at that, you can start to correlate your specific green speeds with whatever maintenance practices, heights of cut. And then, you know, when we talk about like a clipping yield, we can start to compare that versus particular applications. On top of that, they can also, if they're recording from like a soil moisture standpoint, they can easily record their soil moisture content, whether it be through the mobile app or desktop. That being said, I would say the mobile app is certainly the easiest way for them to do it as they can click a a map pin and it's going to GPS them to where they are on that particular putting surface and be able to directly enter the soil moisture number. Yeah, having the ability to do that in the field with the the mobile app, I think, is huge. There, certainly, superintendents spend some time in the office, sort of getting things set up for the day, and then catching up on things, you know, th- randomly throughout the day. But having the ability to have, you know, that live entry is is really really huge, um, because then it also helps you, you know, kind of remember exactly what's going on. Or I know one part of Deacon is, you know, could be viewed as like like a a kind of a diary, so to speak, for your greens. That's how um, Jared Nemitz described how he uses data collection, uh, not only to fine tune the programs, but then also to just remember how they're performing. When the original concept of surface management, you know, started with Addison Barton and Chris Hartwiger using an Excel sheet, um, the thought was it was really going to be you know, closely involved with a course consulting service visit. So Jeff, how are the agronomists, you know, we've got 11 agronomists in the field visiting golf courses. How are they involved with the courses that are using Deacon for data collection? Two different ways that they're doing it. And, and so there's there's been some that have started to record data for the first time and helping them to understand what the data provides, but also part of the Deacon platform is creating these widgets or graphs that help explain the story of, you know, their maintenance practices versus their putting green outputs and their performance. When the agronomists review that data with those superintendents, they can help them better understand what's going on, but two, how to communicate that to 
their staff and the key stakeholders within that facility. Yeah, that's a huge advantage, I think, to be able to have an agronomist potentially, you know, available to review data and help you interpret sort of whatever might be going on. Um, It's not a necessary part, I think, of using Deacon, but it's nice to have, you know, sort of some support out there. Scott, you know, we've, you and I have talked an awful lot about, you know, how long does it take to record data through our discussions with superintendents? You know, I think most would agree it's not as time consuming as they originally thought, uh, but it can be intimidating to, to get started. You know, I think one part of this puzzle is interpreting that data and then using it to make decisions. That, that can be really complicated. So in Deakin, how are superintendents able to sort of visualize the data, visualize what's going on uh, within their greens? You know, I, I know they're, the graphs and data tables, I think they're really easy to use. But, you know, talk to me about what you've heard from superintendents using Deakin and how they're able to visualize the data. As Jeff hit on, you know, using the mobile app has, has been a great way to speed up that data entry process and hopefully make it a bit easier. But I think one of the, the biggest changes we saw going from, you know, an Excel table to something like Deacon is the ability to bring in other data sources without you having to do that, right? So, you know, within Deacon, uh, we connect to different weather services. We can connect to different, you know, moisture meters around the golf course. And really what that allows you to do as a superintendent within Deacon is pull up these different charts and say, okay, you know, what does my clipping yield look like relative to my mean temperature throughout the day? You didn't have to enter that mean temperature. Uh, the, the tool kind of automatically brought it in for you. Uh, so we have all of these, you know, what I think are some, some great widgets, as we like to call them on the dashboard, that allow you to chart um, any variable that you collect on the golf course. So whether it's your, your green speed, your cultural practices, your applications, you know, timing, weather, all of that is right there to start to compare. And, you know, we see a lot of, um, you know, customers, you know, coming up with, you know, different charts, um, different requests all the time that they were really happy to, uh, to add to the tool. The other way that uh, we've seen uh, become a really great way to help communication around the golf course is to use the map. We can overlay all the different types of data right onto the golf course map as well. So, you know, when you're in that, you know, kind of greens committee meeting, you're trying to explain to different stakeholders around the golf course. Being able to show that data over time, show it on the different playing surfaces, uh, we keep hearing over and over again is a, is a really great way to communicate out you know, what's going on uh, and help you know, level set expectations around the golf course. I think one part of the, the graphs and things that are sort of auto-generated as you, as you keep building your data set that's nice is there's a simple sort of download button and th- that you can just instantly insert that into a PowerPoint it's it's sort of that easy. So that's a really nice feature. And whether it's GMs, owners, pros, green chairman, whomever it is, you know, it's it's always difficult to explain the things that superintendents need to do on a day-in, day-out basis to get the quality of greens that they're after. Having the ability to sort of use this data, I mean, that's, that's, where, that's where everything is going is to use data to justify whatever it is that you're doing, and, and golf is no different. Scott, a common question that that we often hear is, okay, I'm a superintendent, I'm using Deacon. How many other people can I get my assistant superintendent set up with this as well? Within Deacon, we don't limit how many users you get uh, within Deacon. Um, Once you buy a subscription to Deacon, uh, you can add all your assistants, you can add anyone in the pro shop. Really anybody can be added to the tool and they they just sign in with their email address. And we've seen that be a very effective way with our uh, with golf courses around the country to help collect that data right so when they're out in the field 
uh, an assistant, a, a spray tech, a, a maintenance worker can simply pull up the app into the data right there on the fly. We do have the app set up permission wise. So if you had somebody in the pro shop, for example, that needed something versus somebody in the maintenance shed, you know, we can, you know, I'll, you know, you can set who can see what pieces of data. So for example, you may want to share a pin sheet, which I know we'll talk about here in a little bit uh, with the pro shop, but maybe you don't want to share maintenance practices or green speeds or something like that. And, and all of that can be handled, uh, you know, with some permissions inside the tool. There's always a hesitancy around talking about green speed, whether it's, you know, a, a GM or an owner or something like that, because there's a lot of factors that go into what it takes to produce a green speed and superintendents have a good understanding of those. Once you sort of take it to someone who doesn't have the agronomic background, the, the conversation can get a little squirrely. So being able to kind of have a permission, so to speak, uh, around who gets access to what is uh, is a nice feature. Jeff, want to throw a question your way, another one that we often hear uh, from the field is, you know, if a superintendent is using Deacon for a number of years and then they move on to a new course or something, you know, can they take that data with them? What happens to, to that data? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously that data, you know, belongs to them and to that facility. But yeah, everything that is entered into Deacon we can export for that particular user, you know, at their request. We recently did it for a facility that was looking to use it uh, for a potential project and just wanted to, you know, export that data to share with others versus giving them specific access to their facility, providing access that, you know, they could make or potentially even delete data inputs. So it's just easier to potentially export that and then share that information however they may need. The learnings that you have over that period of data collection are, are still really valuable. So, well, you know, as long as superintendents can get that, that's great. Scott, let's let's sort of dive into, you know, getting started with data collection. Obviously, we've got a team of 11 agronomists that are, are happy to help in any way, shape, or form with courses or superintendents that are interested. Um, but once the superintendent, you know, sort of is committed to data collection, uh, even if it's a really small scale and signs up for Deacon, you know, what do we, what, what do we give them to, to sort of help them get started? Yeah, so when, when a superintendent is first getting started with data collection uh, or using, you know, Deacon in, in particular, one of the first things we do is, is we set up a call with them to understand, you know, where they're at in that journey. Um, you know, or have they been collecting data for quite a, you know, long period of time already? Are they really new to it? Um, and what specifics are they looking to get out? This way we can you know, help get them onboarded to the tool as effectively as possible. We'll do a couple things. Uh, we'll set up a, an onboarding call to work with them around, you know, how the tool works, um, you know, some best practices that we've seen work. Um, and then we'll also provide a few extra tools to them. Uh, we'll ship a bucket uh, to help with um, clippings. And it's just, uh, it's just a bucket that's got some uh, graduated lines on the side so that you can see uh, total volumetric, um, you know, quantity of clippings that you collect uh, we also send around uh, at times an Inca mat uh, to help with calibration around uh, sand top dressing rates. Uh, I know within the, the record you guys put out a great video that talks about how to do that. Uh, we include links to that as well as some of the materials really to help you get started there um, as well. The concept of data collection can be a bit overwhelming or I don't have time for this. So at least we can help them overcome some of those initial challenges by getting them started, even if it's simple as it sounds having a bucket with pre-marked locations on it to help you with clipping volume. Last question related to sort of surface management, the surface management portion of Deacon. Specifically, Jeff, you know, what do you think makes the surface management component of Deacon unique? 
what makes Deacon unique is that it is a package of multiple tools, all for the same value that allows them to enter any specific data point that they're looking to collect. But then with the, the pre-built and the future enhancements of, of widgets and graphs that, that they have at their fingertips, it helps them with overall communication, you know, back to anybody within that facility, whether it's staff, their leadership, or any key stakeholders. You know, on top of that, you know, just kind of going back to what you guys were just talking about too, is, you know, for the folks that say, I don't have time to collect data, or I don't collect data. I've been in many conversations where they say, I don't have time, or I'm not collecting data. But then just a couple of questions of, do you take a, a green stimp reading, or do you know what your your team is doing from a you know cultural practice? You know what's your height of cut? All of that information they know it. They just haven't formally thought of it as data collection. And so when you take that information and pair it with the mobile app or the desktop, you know ultimately their teams can enter these data points in under one minute when they're out in the field, or if they take that back to the desktop, it takes less than a minute once they are familiar with the process. And in time, that value, that data becomes valuable, especially when you start to compare month over month and year over year. Yeah, that's a great point. The The concept of data collection on, on golf courses is, is not new. The stint meter has been around for 40 plus years. I think it's it gets missed in the in the conversation, sort of collecting data versus recording data are two different things. And that's where the, the mobile app to me is huge because you can do that on the fly. And it's just, you're going to build your data set in a matter of weeks and it really doesn't take a whole lot of extra effort. I wanted to shift into a, a part of Deacon that I think a lot of superintendents were surprised that, that it was included in Deacon What is the, is our whole location functionality. So that, that comes with the Deacon software, and I think it's a really cool bonus because it allows you to create these championship-level hole locations. I mean, it's the same hole locations that we hole location sheet that we use for the U.S. Open and all our championships. So, how do we sort of pull in hole locations into this feature, uh, or how did we pull this feature into Deacon? When I was in equipment standards, uh, myself and another guy over there, we, we had been working with some of the, uh, the folks in our championships department and a few of our championship agronomists. And, you know, what we were seeing was that they were looking for ways to visualize a little bit more data. Um, they had always, you know, made these you know, like whole location pin sheets that had an outline of the green on them. But what they started doing was, you know, trying to find ways to overlay, you know, slope data or overlay firmness data uh, or, or weather data to help with championship setup. And, you know, when myself and, and Steve Quinovalo looked at that, we said, you know, that there's got to be an easier way to kind of create these sheets than a lot of the, the hand drawing manual process. And so we, we had started uh, to pull this into Deacon and, you know, use the course map and use some of the weather data and, and slope data and firmness data that we had to overlay and help out our, our championships team. The second we did that and, and golf courses started seeing that, they, they instantly went to, you know, how do we get that, right? Like, this is, this is great. Like, either you know, we don't have scan data and you guys already have outlines of greens, which, which is, you know, great for a, a large majority of use cases. Or if they did have the green scan, we could import that data for them. And they could overlay that from a, a pro shop and superintendent perspective, not necessarily a golfer perspective, and, and helping them, you know, pick all locations and, and print out these sheets. And, you know, once, um, you know, some people started using it, it, it really just took off on us. And, um, you know, it's been a, a ton of great feedback and, and just a really fun product to, to work on. 
So Jeff, I wanted to bounce this off of you. You're, I don't know, maybe a two or three index. I'm a 14. Um, I have a rangefinder. <laughs> I'm, you know, even a rangefinder is probably fairly, uh, you know, not not super helpful for me because I'm not hitting it at that target very often. So, in your in your opinion, how does a whole location sheet, you know, help when most players are already having that that rangefinder? You know, in certain certain aspects, depending, you know, where you are you know, on a, on a particular facility or on a hole, you may have a bunker that, you know, kind of gives, you know, changes the optics of, of what you're looking at or elevation change. So, you know, even though you may know the yardage, it may, sometimes you're looking at it and it appears that the, the hole was cut right on top of a bunker, you know, with the hole location sheet and the five yard grid boxes that are provided, you can just take a quick peek at that. And you realize that that hole is actually cut eight, or nine yards beyond that bunker and behind that flag, there's an additional, you know, five or six yards. So you know that there's a particular, you know, margin for error if you were to, you know, try to attack that particular uh, hole location. It really elevates kind of the the playability and, and overall, you know, for me, my personal golfer satisfaction to have a hole location sheet that provides that type of detail. So, you know, I guess, you know, taking it to uh, the, the, the folks that are using it in the field right now, I mean, is it something that, you know, I, I look at, I, I work with a lot of facilities that have a couple of big events each year. Not not necessarily, they don't they may not need a whole location sheet for every day, but those special events, whether it's a member guest or a club championship or something like that, do you feel like that's a good fit for, for the, the whole location part of Deacon? I think you hit the nail on the head there. So you talk about your, you know, your major championships or events, you know, at your facility, or if you have a member guest, or, if, you know, even if you're a public facility and you have, you know, outside outings, it's just an added way at a, a very minimal cost that you can elevate the playability and, and try to increase golfer satisfaction by taking, you know, this tool and adding it to that particular event, you know, and and we're seeing that happen, you know, across, you know, some PGA sections, multiple AGAs and different golf associations that are out there, as well as the individual facility. Even if you're, you know, one thing that we talked about last week was being able to elevate a caddy program uh, at a particular facility by, you know, integrating this whole location sheet on top of, them using range finders to provide yardage to the players. No, that's great info. And I know one course in Canon in particular, I know they've actually sort of have dual purpose with the whole location sheets. They'll use it when they're, uh, when they're taking their, their moisture readings as well and have a quick sort of, they, they could have a ready-made map of each green to, to write down where they're, where they're seeing dry spots and wet spots. So lots of different options to use the the pin sheets there i wanted to shift into the gps service this is uh, one that i think a lot of superintendents have probably seen images of because it's a common one that our staff will talk about in various whether it's a year interview presentation or just any sort of a presentation that touches on traffic which has obviously been a huge issue recently with increased rounds because of covid the gps service is something that we've had for a number of years that can help track where golfers go and, and where they don't go. So, Scott, give me a little bit of background into sort of how we got into this space and how this has evolved and then sort of what does a GPS service 
visit sort of look like now from the staff, the, the, the court, you know, the course that takes that? What does it look like from their perspective to sort of how it all works? The image probably, you know, everyone's most used to is they, they see that, that heat map image a golfer tracks over the map and, you know, it always gets everyone's attention and, and creates a, a ton of great just discussion. The GPS service, its origins date back actually to a lot of the pace of play research that the USJ had been doing. Um, you know, as we all know, you know, pace of play is a huge factor to a, a golfer's expectation and experience and satisfaction during a round of golf. What we wanted to do was understand, you know, how do golfers move around the course? And from a research perspective, really, where were these, you know, bottlenecks occurring? Um, why did they occur? And, and kind of how can we predict them and, and work on that? And so we spent the summer with some interns all around the country using these little GPS loggers to, to track golfers around the golf course and look at, you know, the implications of, of pace. As we were doing that, all of our, you know, attention had been pace of pay, pace of pay, pace of play. Some architects and, and course designers started seeing this data and said, hey, we think this could be a great tool to help us with a renovation, or this could be a great tool to help us with some, you know, monitoring different maintenance practices or, or where we do that. And, you know, from there, I would say that the service really blossomed into two very unique offerings. You know, one being a, a diagnostic tool to understand pace of play and, and how your golfers play the course. And then the other to look at um, from a renovation aspect, whether, you know, you're looking at, you know, forward tees or you're looking at a bunker renovation. You know, you need to do some turf reduction for water usage. It, it's been a phenomenal way to visualize how that course is used so that you can make those types of decisions and communicate those decisions around the golf course. When you purchase or you get a GPS service from us, we send you a kit and the kit has about 200 GPS trackers in it. Uh, we can customize the kit for, for more depending on your needs, but you just hand out those loggers to each of your golfers. Once you get them back, you stick them back in the kit, uh, send everything back to the USGA, and then ultimately you know, we kind of give you access to you know, the data and the platform to go from there. So Jeff, Scott touched on it a little bit. I wanted to get your take on on what you're hearing from how courses are using the data. You know, like like Scott said, I, I to me understanding where golfers are going and where they're not going is super powerful, especially when you consider the the bunker renovations are so popular right now, or planning for tee enlargements or new forward tees. What are all the ways that you're seeing courses, you know, use this uh, use this type of data? People are getting really creative on how to manipulate the information, and so. You know, with the GPS and being able to create all these different filter points, whether it's walkers, riders, male, female, by different indexes, by age groups, understanding what bunkers are high traffic areas or what bunkers may not be used, or does it make sense to discuss moving a bunker? We did one earlier this spring where particular facilities looking to go through major renovation, but what they were looking to do is actually eliminate golf cart paths, you know, understanding where the players are going because they want to grow more turf and have less pavement or concrete out on, on that particular property. We talk about the major influx in play uh, over the last two years with COVID, the stress that some teeing grounds have come under. So to, to be able to look at the tee enlargement projects and does it make sense to combine two different teeing areas, widen them to provide more playable turf uh, for, you know, those, those golfers, you know, especially out West, the stress on water, being able to guide turf reduction projects and, un and truly understand 
where each player is going so that they can identify those areas to go back to more of the, the native areas. That's a great point related to the, you know, out west and turf reduction or, or in different parts of the U.S. where we've got plenty of rain, but you're just looking to cut down on how much turf you're mowing. If that's introducing, you know, naturalized areas to try to save mowing, save fuel, but also not cause some pace of play issues. You know, it's a cool thing to be able to have that that data there. And when I've seen, you know, GPS service and the results and then sort of debrief with the superintendent, it almost always goes to the superintendent saying, yep, we never have any issues. No one ever goes in that bunker. Or no one ever goes here. These guys know it. That's a hard sell. Having the data to back it up is is really important. So I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. Scott, I, th- I think you mentioned this before, but how is the data accessed uh, for, for GPS and who can all view this? And you mentioned architects before. Is this something that if a course has a GPS service that they can then provide all that data right to their architect? It is. You know, one of the things uh, that, that we haven't covered so far in our responses is ease of use of deployment. With the, this GPS service, there's no additional hardware, there's no towers, there's no infrastructure, there's, there's nothing tying into your golf carts that you have to do. So, you know, it can be as simple as, you know, this is something you do for a weekend, you get the box, you hand off the loggers to your golfers, and and off you go. From that point, you know, visualizing the data, it's really great. Uh, you go into the into Deacon and you're able to go into the map and you can either create tracks, so it'll show you the actual, you know, dotted line of where any particular golfer was going. Or what we can also do, is, you know, it's kind of as we talked about the famous image, the, the heat map image, which will show you everywhere where the golfers go. When you dig into that, um, you can segment the data as much as you want and really share it to whoever you want. I think a big theme that we've you know, talked about so far in this podcast is it's your data. Um, we're not going to to tell you who you should share it with or what you have to do with it. it it's ultimately, it, it's for your benefit. So if you want to invite your architect in, which we've seen a lot, you know, that combination of superintendent architect, it, it works great. Uh, you know, another way we've really seen it work great is, as Adam, as you alluded to, which was that communication tool. As a superintendent, you know, you know what bunkers are being used and which aren't. You know, we, we hear it time and time again, especially with our agronomists of you go to a meeting and there's always this discussion of what's actually in use versus, you know, what you know is in use. And when you can bring data to that discussion, it just really bolsters your your, your talking points of, you know, what you're trying to get accomplished. Yeah, especially when you're touching on a sensitive subject like potentially removing a bunker or adding a lower maintained area to the golf course or taking turf out. Definitely helps having data. And one thing that I think that really separates the GPS service out from others is it goes on the golfer. Um, So you get all that location of where they're walking on tees, how they're walking on and off greens, as opposed to some others that just, you know, it's on the golf cart, which is useful information. Knowing exactly where everyone's going is is really valuable. Talk to me about what you're seeing, what you guys are working on with respect to, you know, various uh, new features coming down the pipeline. One of the things that, that's been really cool to kind of work on is we've integrated with some weather services to provide hyper-localized you know, weather information without the need to have a weather station on site. So you know, we frequently hear around, you know, when you do have a weather station on site, that the maintenance of keeping it working and keeping it running. So you know, where there's some easier ways to do that. And uh, we partnered uh, with Decision Technologies Network, a, a giant ag company, to pull in weather data. So we can pull in things like growing degree days, um, forecast ET, to you know, overlay all this data collection that you're doing to really help you make um, decisions, and and it's a really cool service that you know a lot of people are, are finding some benefit from. 
you touched on the forecast ET, and, and that leads me to sort of my next question around moisture and, and sort of integrating large-scale moisture sensors on a golf course, you know, into Deakin. What are, what are the possibilities there? We're, you know, we're always looking for partners to work with in, in data collection and, and integrate with people. Uh, we do work with some sensor companies that, to integrate directly into sensors. So, you know, if you have a handheld sensor, you can directly enter that. Um, if you have something like a SPIO uh, or as an in-ground moisture sensor, uh, we can tie directly into that and stream that, that data right into Deacon, you know, which is a really cool thing that we're seeing to, to speed up the process of, of data collection and ultimately get that, that data into Deacon to help you visualize it. We touched on that application log um, is going to be part of Deakin, and I know the we now have the full CDMS uh, catalog within Deakin. Talk to me about what your your vision is with those two uh, features. You know, with the application log, this is something you know I'm, I'm really excited about that we're working on, and I know some of the guys on our team have gotten a sneak peek so far of of what's behind the hood of of what's coming, and they've had some great input. When we launched Surface Management, it was all about you know, clipping yields and green speeds and, and cultural practices. And we dipped our toe a little bit, I would say, into the water on, on the application side. You know, we had things like sand top dressing rates, some fertility applications or, or PGR timing. And really, you know, the overwhelming feedback that we heard from superintendents was, you know, could, could you expand on this? Could, could you take what you're doing with Surface Management Mobile App and, and expand it out to, to application logging or spray sheets? So, what we'll be seeing here shortly is um, a, a new release of Deacon. Um, it'll have some enhanced functionality, so you know you can do things like you know pick whatever product you have um, right out of the CDMS catalog, so you don't have to input you know EPA registration numbers or search for labels or anything like that. You can you can pull that up right in the app, um, but you can also specify you know what your application rates are, and and the tool will calculate uh, how much total product you need. Uh, how many tanks of that product that you need, all, all kind of based on the map and, and your input. So, you know, it's a really exciting, you know, enhancement that we're working on that, that, that we can't wait to, to get out into everyone's hands and, you know, and hear their feedback about. Both Jeff and Scott, thanks so much for your time. No doubt we'll have, especially as we get new features and, and just new things coming down the pipeline with Deacon, uh, we'll have you guys on to sort of keep a regular cadence of of uh, what what we're up to with Deacon and how it's helping golf courses. So thanks so much for your time today, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Green Section Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Miller. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, either through Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at USG Green Section, and make sure to subscribe to the Green Section Record. It's our free digital publication that's published twice each month. And it includes information about golf course maintenance practices, field observations from our team of regional agronomists, and the latest turf grass and environmental research.